Ooh, I did it. This is fancy. Uh, it is fancy. <laughs> I ain't on that. I ain't on that poor man Zoom shit no more. <laughs> You're like I am fucking official as hell. Do you see this mic? Look at this mic. Come on. Do you see this mic? Do you see these headphones? I normally <laughs> never. Not gonna lie, I actually don't like doing this. This is the first time I've done this, and I absolutely hate it. Why are you doing it then? No clue. Because I wanted to give it a go. <laughs> Perfect. Okay. That's It's it's because these are noise canceling. Uh, so it's like so I'm like weird. trying to hear myself speak mm -hmm. and I can't hear myself speak. And I'm like, this <laughs> is really weird. Off. Yeah. Yeah. That would throw me off. I'd start screaming at myself on accident I, for sure. I feel like I'm very loud. That's how I feel. I'm not feeling with you. So we're good. <laughs> <laughs> How you doing? How's everything going? Dude, I'm good. I was actually a little bit nervous about this pod. I don't know why. I've been so excited about it. Um, I have had a little bit of a rough week, so my brain is kind of mushy, and I think that's why I was a little nervous, because I was like, fuck, what if I can't think of anything to say? <laughs> I'm going through the same thing, so we're in the, we're in the struggle bus together, you know? Okay, perfect. We're How just going through it. Oh, How's your sur surgery was good. I can't complain. That was, I'm getting over it now. I can finally actually sit. So that helps. Oh, okay. No, donut. Like, no, no, donut. <laughs> I haven't, this is, this is a really soft desk chair that I have from Amazon that cost me 80 bucks. So hopefully it's paying off here. <laughs> yeah. Hey, that's a deal. Honestly, I went chair shopping last year and I was like, what the fuck? Why are chairs four hundred dollars? Oh, I oh my last my last apartment my chair was like two hundred dollars. It was amazing. Yeah, yeah. I would invest yeah. if I had to sit all day in a chair. I'm investing an effload of money. Yeah, I get that. Like, I am now learning that through the fact that this chair isn't bad. It's not bad, but I could have done better, <laughs> and I'm kind of paying for it. My hips hurt often, so yeah, mine. My my handlebar on this does, didn't like line up correctly, so like I don't actually have this like set up, so I can't like lean back. So if I try to lean back, this whole chair will fall apart. <laughs> yeah. So, but this is why I'm trusting. So, so like in my living room, I'm trusting I'm trusting Jocelyn to do my living room. Of course. So, as you, as so I'm like, should. see, this is why, and I'm just like, I'll just pay. Where's the pay yeah. button? And I'm just like, cool. So I finally yeah. like finalized all my stuff too for my living room. So it all comes in between today and next Friday. Like I ordered my couch like a month and a half, like a month ago. And I'm like, cool. Finally comes in next Friday. I've been waiting to get, I've been here for four months, for four months now, over four months, four and a half months. And I do not have a living room set up. Oh, I did hear along the grapevine that you were sent that couch much sooner than a month ago. No, 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 no. Who are we? Wait, 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 wait. Who are we putting on blast on this podcast right now? Who is who is being put on blast? Nope. Nope. Yeah. No. Someone's that that is false. False. You I literally, I literally bought the couch. I bought the couch within a week of Jocelyn giving me the option. Okay. Okay. 
Okay. I, I, that's how I did. That was my last big purchase before my surgery. Okay. I, I was not playing around. Now I will say through the grapevine, and this is true. I may have brought up the the idea of getting my living room ready starting in June. And then I just didn't get it ready until August. Okay. So if this is, if this is, if this is my, if this is my interior designer calling me the F out on my own thing, you know what? She won't get tipped. It's okay. (laughs) She don't get nothing. She don't get nothing. No shout out. That, that part gets deleted. That part gets deleted. Listen, I cannot even give you any shit because when I moved into my first apartment in St. Pete, when I lived in Florida, I lived in that thing for almost seven months before I decorated anything. Like, I had a bed. (laughs) And that's how I lived for a long time. Now, do you think when it comes down to that, do you think it's like our way of not like kind of like nomading it in a way? Um, I totally get what you're saying in that regard. I do think that that could be a part of it. I was not in the best place mentally during that time in my life. So I think that that was a really good, (laughs) my outer world was a really good reflection of my inner world at that time, (laughs) which was just bare and empty. (laughs) So... (laughs) Um, yeah, that was, I think, mainly my reasoning for it. Cause, cause but... that's where, cause that's where I was. So like when I moved here, I probably wasn't in the best space to get everything kind of ready. So like I had to wait till I was ready to kind of make, make a place a home yes. rather than like, cause I've never done like big purchases with things. So nice. like yes. when it comes down to it, like I, I paid like $400 for my Ikea couch in my Virginia apartment. Like right. I didn't like, like it was all just Ikea furniture that I built. It wasn't like, it wasn't like some nice couch that I'm right. planning on like, Hey, when I get a house, this is going to move from my apartment to my house or like pay all these things to get like lights and like actually have like a nice rug. Like there's, like there's, accent. there wasn't like, yeah, yeah. Like actually investing, like, you know, like even having Jocelyn kind of help you know, make the design for the place. Right. Like there's, I think that's just like my way of not doing it because like when I was in Virginia, I came to that determination that I wasn't going to always be there. Like I kind of knew. They was, I do think that there's a large aspect of it. That's like a commitment thing where in your Mm -hmm. head, you're like, am I actually going to be here? Because I know during that time for me, I didn't have any intention on leaving. And at the same time, I was like, I know that I'm not going to be here forever. Right. So like, it was very hard for me to justify it. But what I've learned is that your quality of life matters a lot more than if you're going to temporarily be somewhere or not. Um, But I definitely think that plays a role. I can see how that impacted yours. Right. Because I'm just like, I'm just thinking about it. I'm like, well, I guess like it's it's kind of like our body's way. It's kind of like us signaling that our body's like safe mm-hmm. in a way too. I guess that yeah. like we're because like I'm I've never moved, right? I stayed in the same place like outside of going to college. I stayed in the same house for 18 years, right? Like I didn't move whatsoever. But it's like you kind of always get a feeling whether or not you're going to stay somewhere. 
and you're like, is it worth the investment to put in? Oh boy. We're back. You're good. We're back. All right. I didn't, I didn't hear you pass. You always get a feeling. Like you just always get a feeling whether you know, like you're going to be somewhere, right? Mm. Like long-term. And, yeah. and so then how did you, how did you go from St. Pete to Utah? So this is really where my whole coaching story begins as well. Um, so originally I, I am from Utah. I lived in okay. Utah my whole life. I actually relate to you in the fact that I have never moved from being in my house as a baby to being 18 years old. And that is such a rare thing now. Like I remember as I was growing up and having so many friends moving to different houses, obviously within the same state for most of them, but um, just being like, wow, it's not common to live in the same house for a long period of time anymore. So I was very much so, you know, small town girl. Yep. I went to Florida for volleyball. So I played collegiate volleyball out there. And that was something I always wanted to do. Even at a really, really young age, I knew that I was going to be playing college volleyball. And I specifically remember also being like, I am only looking at colleges in Florida, California, and maybe Texas, maybe. Um, so it was pretty fitting that I ended up in Florida. And then after I had graduated, I had stumbled into this world of health and fitness and bodybuilding because I was done playing my sport and I played sports my entire life. Um, so I honestly like, did not really know who I was outside of volleyball. And I also didn't realize how much of my identity was wrapped up in that. So once I had graduated from college and I was no longer playing anymore, I was also really, really burned out. Um, I was pretty much like worked into the ground. And at that point I was totally done. I didn't want to jump ever again in my mm. life. <laughs> Like I have maxed out on the amount of times the human body can jump. Um, and so I didn't know what to do. And I had never really lifted weights. Uh, I didn't really love it in college. And I definitely was under the impression of, oh, I can't do that. I'm going to get bulky. That's like what guys do, but that's not how girls get the look that they yep. want. Let's do a bunch of cardio, right? So I was so deep into that mindset. And so that's what I did. I did a ton of cardio and I tried to eat as healthy as possible, which was a mess. Um, but I eventually hired my own coach and started my own health and fitness journey. And at this point, um, when I had moved to St. Pete, I had been doing my own like health and fitness journey for about three years. And I was obsessed. Like. I loved it, loved it. Um, I was gaining as much knowledge as I possibly could. And honestly, a huge part of that was through social media and through Instagram. Um, I have a mutual friend with you, Sarah Ford Bishop. Yep. And I remember I had actually found her on Instagram back in maybe like 2018, I think. 
And I followed her and I really related to her because she had a very similar start in her health and fitness journey as I did with like an eating disorder past. So Mm -hmm. she was a huge inspiration to me. I was seeing this girl overcoming her eating disorder and getting strong and eating a ton and like coaching people. And I was just like, oh my gosh, this girl is living my dream. And at the time I am working like the nine to five lifestyle. I'm in the corporate world and I am hating life. (laughs) I was working (laughs) outside sales and it was not for me. It was not for me. Um, I was working like 60 plus hours a week. I thought that I had to climb the corporate ladder. Like you graduate college, you go into the corporate world, you climb that ladder every year, you get a bigger salary every year and that's it. Like that's what I thought my trajectory was. I hated it so much. I was so incredibly miserable. And around 2019, I moved to St. Pete and I was still in that nine to five job. I was coaching myself at that point for the most part. And I was doing that under the somewhat like supervision of a coach that I had hired in the past. And they were very aware that I was incredibly miserable at my job and just not happy with where I was at all. And they brought up to me like, have you considered actually coaching? And I was like, of course I have. Like I've been doing this Mm -hmm. for three years. I love it so much. I would love to be a coach. But I just had all of the limiting beliefs, right? Like, I'm not qualified. Who would want to work with me? I can't do this. I can't make enough money. All of the limiting beliefs. And it honestly just got to a point where I was so damn miserable that I had to have a change. And 2020 rolls around. I quit my job. I decide I'm going all in on coaching. And I remember making this decision, being in my apartment undecorated, and I was like, (laughs) this excitement and motivation that you feel right now is likely not going to last, and when that passes, you have to keep moving forward. Like, you don't have a plan B. You have no backup here. You are quitting your job, and you are going all in on yourself in this dream. There's going to be some bumps in the road. Like, keep going. So I quit my job, literally two weeks later, COVID hits. And all of a sudden, nobody is hiring coaches anymore. If anything, everybody's also losing their jobs. So, you know, money's tight around the world. And I was just like, well, too bad. Like I decided to do this. (laughs) I have literally no plan B. I'm just gonna have to make it happen. And I don't know if it was like, just blind optimism or what, but I refused to watch the news. I refused to listen to anybody when it came to economics or what people were struggling with, like monetarily. I refused to listen to anybody saying that nobody would hire a coach. And I just focused on the people who would listen to me. And I gained some of my first athletes during that time. And then Um, I got the opportunity to come coach in person at a gym in Utah, which was so, so lucky and such a huge blessing because obviously during that time, almost no gyms were open. And 
So I moved back to Utah. That's how I came back. And I was like, I'm only going to be there for a year max. I am not staying in Utah. <laughs> Fast forward three years. Here we are. I coach full time online, no longer in person. And I'm still in Utah. So <laughs> I, it was a this, is one, this is one thing I don't think people actually get when people go all in. And it's something I've wanted to highlight here is when you went all in, did you have other side jobs too to go along with your coaching? I actually didn't. I like really? I went all in. At the time I was looking for side jobs because yeah, I was like, I don't have money, you know. Yeah. But luckily I um I was pretty financially savvy throughout my time growing up and I was a big saver. So I knew that I had saved up enough to at least take care of me and my rent and my bills for a certain amount of time. Um but I don't like to live like that. So I was yeah. looking for side jobs. But I mean, COVID, we were in the thick of COVID. Nobody was hiring. So for me, it was just like, you better work, girl. Like, you better yeah, make it what happen. Yeah, was, what was like that mindset when that hit? And you were like, oh, shit. You like, you left your job, right? You get on this high. And then you're just like, you're in it now. Because it's probably the scariest thing going kind of against traditional expectations oh of God. things, right? Everyone always says, right. It is that because I'm in it, right. I work a nine to five still. Um, obviously I have, I have plans here coming soon, hopefully, um, in terms of that. Um, but you know, you talk about it, like how was it even with family or anything going along, going kind of against that expectations of things and like, quitting yeah. your job like unexpectedly yeah no it's a great question and if i'm honest like i don't i don't think that i would recommend people do it the way that i did it <laughs> um many people have asked me like how did you get started with coaching what what's your recommendation here and i have never once told somebody hey quit your job cold turkey <laughs> go all in on yourself and hope for the best um, I always tell them to take the route that you're taking, right? Keep your stable job, build your coaching business, get to a point that you feel comfortable leaving your old job and then do it at that point, right? Um, but yeah, it was very much so the complete opposite of societal norms mm -hmm. of what I had perceived my future and life to look like. So there was a lot of just ego death going on for me a lot of killing off the definitions that i had for myself of what success was of what expectations i had of myself what hard work looks like what you know you're supposed to be doing all of these things that i had just adopted and had I ever really thought through until I was in a position where I was challenging those. And so I definitely had a lot of people thinking I was crazy. I had a lot of friends or acquaintances who were like, oh my God, she's an influencer. Like she's doing the fitness thing on Instagram. Kill me, this is so cringe. And so I had a lot of people thinking that I definitely had my um, boss at the time with my job being like, are you sure? Are you sure? Um, but luckily, I have 
really, really supportive parents. And they knew how miserable I was. And I'm pretty sure, like, they're the best. I'm pretty sure if I came to them and was like, I want to be a professional underwater basket weaver. (laughs) Absolutely. Tell me when you compete, we'll be there, you know? (laughs) So I'm very, very blessed in that regard. Um, But I'm sure that they had their concern. Uh, But yeah, it really came down to mostly myself. It came down to the fears that came up for me and the limiting beliefs that came up for me more so than the outer world questioning what I was doing. It was more so I was fully ingrained in the societal norm. I was the girl who you do the right thing. You go to school, you get good grades, you're a good girl, you play sports, you play them well, like you go to college, you graduate, you get the job, you get married, you settle down, right? And that's what I thought my whole life. And then all of a sudden, reality was I hated that and I was miserable in that and that was not the trajectory for me. So there was a good year-long period where, yes, I was still pursuing coaching, but I was having like an identity crisis all over again, where I had to question everything I believed and rewrite the definition for so many different things. Isn't it? It's really funny. So I was having a conversation with my mom on this um, the other day. And because like, we've talked about it and everything and like, you know, she's the one where you're like, oh, you know, just be safe. Just make sure like you're financially stable, right? Like that's what that's what the parents will say, right? They'll be like, as long as you're financially stable, you'll be good, right? And it was really funny what she kind of said the other day. Um, and I kind of noted it when I was journaling. It's like, she was just like, oh, you'll figure it out. She's like, no yeah. matter what, like you've always like figured it out. And I yes. think that's what, that's what kind of, you doing was was it and that's why they probably supported you throughout Mm -hmm. it because you kind of been that that person that got good grades got did athletics like every single opportunity that you had to figure it out in life so far you probably proved it and so it's like it's just like at what point do people get sick and tired of of where they're at and then they're just like they need to make a change and then they'll figure it out. Like, yes. that's like, that's like what I tell a lot of people and a lot of my athletes is I'm just like, <laughs> you'll figure it out. Like, just, just, just allow yourself to be, <laughs> it's like, it's really hard. I think for people to actually make the choices that are for them and make yeah. really tough choices because yeah. it affects other people, but it yep. doesn't, but it's just like, like no matter what, where we are, right. I think if, Big thing that I always talk about is, you know, if you ask yourself where you are three to five years ago, and I bet you're exactly where you imagined yourself would be, like right now. Like every single time I go back to my journey, like three years ago when I was sitting in my dorm room, or was that three years ago? Man, I feel kind of old now that that's that's that long ago. Four years ago at this point, because I will, because three years ago I was actually had my job and everything and I was good. but four years ago, I was like sitting in my, my dorm with like my six other guys, my six other roommates. And I was like, 
All right. I was like, I'm just going to picture what I'm doing here, and we're just going to see what happens. And then, like, now four years down the line, I'm, like, exactly where I thought I would be. Oh, like, I love that for you. I love right? that for you. Yeah. So it's like, so I bet you, like, had a picture when you left. You're like, where am I going to be, like, in yeah. three years? And I bet you're there now. Yeah, it's actually crazy that you say that because this has been the year where so much work over the last, what year is it, 2023? 20, 23. Yeah, holy smokes, over the last four years, you know, I've been working on all of these different goals and all of these different life changes. And this is the first year where those things are like, really happening right mm -hmm. i mean you get little glimpses of it as you're moving through this journey and it's incredible but it takes a lot of time and i think that that's where a lot of people struggle especially when it comes to talking about like manifesting your goals manifesting your dreams right claiming those things manifesting them and working for them go hand in hand Yep. And neither of those guarantee them within a certain time frame, right? Mm -hmm. So for me, it was really important that I didn't have a time frame at all. And during the time of me going through this, I was pretty much just, my entire motto was like, don't fucking put me in a box. Like, don't put me in a box. And to myself too, right? Like mm -hmm. don't put myself in a time frame. Don't put my goals in a time frame. Don't put me in a specific role because you damn know for sure <laughs> that I'm going to change. And um, that was a big part of it. Like a couple of examples is being on Tominek trained. So when I pursued coaching, I was doing it under a different coaching team, but it was very much so like everybody was their own individual coach. We were yep. all under the same name, um, but it wasn't even a coaching team that was like you give a percentage to anybody or anything like that. Like it was very individual. All the coaches okay. had different programming, like nothing in it was similar. Yep. Uh, so at the time I was working with them and I discovered Tominic trained and I knew that I definitely had some health issues to work through. And they were the first people that I saw with the work ethic that I related to with the passion that I related to and with the knowledge and the, the expertise that I did not have. Right. So they had all of these core values that I loved and gravitated towards. I loved how all of the coaches were so different from each other. I just loved everything that they were about. But I also knew that they had this level. They were at this level that I was not at and that I wanted to be at. And so I hired Mark during that time. And he was like, oh, my God. You're <laughs> Yeah. That that so, sounds about that sounds about right. That sounds about right. Yeah. So I'm like, okay. And I work with Mark for an entire year. We overcome so many health complications. I was very grateful for it. I learned so much. And at this time, they were pretty much the coaches that I was like, that's 
that's the bar. Like that is yep. the standard and I need to work towards that. So mm -hmm. I started changing everything that I was doing coaching pretty much based off of what they were doing in the sense that like they inspired me to be a better coach. So I started to become more health focused. I started to, you know, be more detail oriented in my coaching. And I hired a mentor. I pursued continued education. I was doing all of the things that I was hearing them tell people to do. And they were giving this knowledge away for free. And I was like, hell yeah, I'll take that. So, yep. um, you know, I graduate working with Mark after a year and I hire Leah because I was like, I really, really connect with her personality. And I know that there is more to learn from this individual as well. So I hire Leah. We work together for an entire year. I learn so much. My business is getting better because I'm becoming a better coach. I'm changing completely as a person and as a coach. And now I've got this big goal of being online. And at the time I was like, man, I've seen this Tominek train teamed for over a year now. Wouldn't it be so cool to work for them one day? Like that would be the dream. There's no way in hell that that's ever gonna happen for me. There's no way in hell. And all of a sudden this last winter, they were hiring again. And I'm still working technically for another team. At the time I'm like, do I stay? Do I go solo? I don't know what to do. Cause you get into that point where you're like, I, I've done my time where I'm at and it's time for me to make a move, but you're in that weird limbo of not knowing what it is yet. And that's where I was. And I get a text from, or a DM from Liz McElhaney and she's the head coach of the everybody side of yep. Dominic Trained. And she messages me and she's like, hey, I know that you might be with another team or you might be solo. Like, I'm not really sure what that looks like for you right now, but I just wanted you to know we're hiring. I would love if you applied. Spada, I lost my shit. I threw <laughs> my I screamed through my phone and was like, oh my God, that did not just happen. That did not just happen. So of course I'm like immediately, yes. And we set up the interviews, you know, next thing I know we're three interview rounds deep and I'm losing my mind. <laughs> I'm like, oh, this is and it happens. So it was this thing that started four years ago something that I never thought I would ever be able to achieve, but I just blindly work towards what I want with no expectation of an end time frame in mind. And when I do that, I always get it. Yeah. That's, that's like, that's a big thing, right? Is you always just speak it. And if you put it in the actions, right, you're going to get there. Yeah. I think that's what most people think is like, well, most people think too, too big. I think yeah. a lot of people like it's not it's not big to what you were thinking about, right? It's big for you in terms yeah. of like how how much it would change you. But yes. I think people think like this astronomical. Oh, like I want to get to like seven figures, or I want to get to this thing. And it's like I talked about this way. Like I talked about this earlier on on my story. It was about like the way we move. Right. Mm -hmm. Because I was actually asked this question by Leah last night about the way that we move. Like, what does it mean? 
and I was working through my card deck, and it just came up like, okay, you kind of like you kind of have to move in alignment to you, and to find like the peace within you, mm-hmm. and like that's where you find it, right? Is when you get those opportunities that like you've been working for, right? Yeah. Is that when things start to feel like truly aligned to yes. what it is, right? And when you're and when you're truly in that like alignment to what you're building that's when things start to take off. Right. So it's like this year you're, you've been in like true alignment to you, yeah. right? Because yeah. you've had to overcome like all those limiting beliefs to surrounding yourself. And I, I'm going to guess that that probably happened this year too. <laughs> well, that's the other thing that's been a process over the last four years. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. to even take that leap of faith on myself and go so outside the societal norm, which I just continue to do more and more, I feel like. Um, but to do that in the very beginning was like, it shook me up super hard. And I had to overcome a lot of that. And it's like, it's like the spiral, right? Like mm-hmm. you understand something up here. And this is all this whole spiral is all the same topic. So you understand this topic up here. And then something happens and you understand it deeper. And then something yep. happens and you understand it more. And then you keep coming back to it. And at some points, you're like, what the fuck? I thought I understood this. Like, I mm-hmm. thought I got it. I thought I knew. But you're never really done. Like there's always another layer of learning, whether it's overcoming a limiting belief or learning yourself or understanding anything. There's always another layer to it. I've, uh, this is really good. Cause, cause I'm in this mist. I'm like me, Lee and I were talking about this and we we're like, okay, what's the cycle length like for this? Right. And I was like, because I was like, cause I moved here in May I kind of figured a lot of things out. So I went through like that first spiral and I was like, oh, I'm feeling great. I'm like, I'm like growing everything. And then you start to like, and then you start to like reel back a little bit and it's like growth starts to slow a little bit more. And you're like, oh, why is that happening? And then you just start to get, and then you're like, oh, I'm going through, I'm going through another one of these like cycles. And it's just like, and we were talking about, it's like the more you kind of like you get deeper into it the longer the length between the cycles is that it comes yes. down because the more you're in tune with things. So it's like, but when you're finally starting to go through like internal work and actually like healing and kind of coming to terms with a lot of these like limiting beliefs that people have, I'm just like, this is like, when I tell people, like when I tell my athletes that they're going through this, I'm like, this is going to be a process. I'm like, I'm not going to guide you because I'm not a therapist or I'm not someone who's, who's good in this, but I'm like, <laughs> I've been here just like, just like, just understand that these cycles are going to happen. So I was talking with Leah and she's like, yeah, just realize that you're probably going to get a cycle every like a cycle of this every like three months right now, like every two to two and a half, three months. And I'm like, oh, joy. Woo. I'm like, I'm like, how about I don't, I was like, can we just skip to like where it's like two years? And I'm good. I'm like, can I just make it like two years? And she's like, Nope. She's like, you're, you're just going to go through it. And, and so it's like, that's how we move. That's like how we have to move though. Right. Is we have to go through these phases of we understand and then we don't. And then like we go through these, these phases of something else has to die. Right. To, 
to kind of understand. And then something else has to die again. And it's like, you continually unravel which part of these, which part of yourself has to heal. Yes. Um, I love because I think Because I think so many people think that healing is like a one and done thing. Or a right? linear problem. Yeah, a one and done is a big one. So true. And that's what I was originally saying with the spiral. It's like, oh, you maybe think you healed this, but you've you got didn't... deeper levels. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't. Yeah. And that's the thing too, though, is like, you can be both, right? Like you can be healed and unhealed at the same time. Yep. So what was the biggest, what was the biggest limiting belief that you've had to get over during this time? Oh my God. Good question. Um, let me think on that. I, okay. For me originally, the the biggest limiting beliefs for me was overcoming that what I thought my life was supposed to look like wasn't necessarily true. So it was really <clears throat> it was really breaking down what I all of the shoulds, the the supposed tos, like the things that I was supposed to do and this life that I had envisioned for myself and realizing that like it's okay not to want those things or it's okay to move in a different way to move in a different direction and in fact that's what I need not only is it okay but that is right for me and that is the best possible decision that I can make for myself because that's honoring me and like you said now I'm moving now I'm in alignment and if I hadn't faced some of those limiting beliefs that were taken on from people that weren't me and that was the biggest wake-up call I was like oh my god my whole life like all of my beliefs about what I should or should not be doing have been adopted from somebody else I've always been in sports. I've always been told what to do. I was really great at school. I went to private schools. I always did what I was told to do, right? So mm -hmm. it was so natural for me to take on whatever somebody told me is the direction that I should be going in or the life that I should be living in. So the yep. biggest thing for me was to actually realize that majority of my beliefs about myself weren't my beliefs at all. They were other people's, right? Mm -hmm. So that would be the first one. And now again, because this is always a process and even four years in, I'm, I'm still in my spiral too. Um, I'm realizing that the biggest like limiting beliefs for me is that I'm actually worthy of all of this, right? I'm, I, I have worked super hard to get where I'm at. I'm worthy of being a coach. I'm worthy of having athletes choose me. I'm worthy of what I'm building here. I'm worthy of my relationship, my friendships. Like it goes so freaking deep. And I wasn't even aware that where all of those fears and anxieties were coming from is actually like this little worthiness wound that's now being brought up. And it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Like let's, let's face that. Let's overcome that. Let's realize that you do deserve these things. Like you 
are welcome to having them. And if you lose any of them, if you lose any people, like, it's all for the better good. It's for a reason. They probably weren't supposed to be there anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's like, that's, that's obviously something that I'm working through too. It's like, it's really hard. Yeah. Like it, it does become challenging, right? Like when you, for me, it's a really different thing. Like for me, it's like, right. Like, am I actually like worthy of love and, and stuff and everything like yeah. that when it comes down to those things because of just the yeah. way I grew up. Right. So it's like, oh, am I actually like worthy of the group of the friends I'm in? Like, yes, and you know, who I, I, and, you know, and you know who I'm surrounded with and it's like, yeah, I probably am. <laughs> it's like, yes, yeah, you are. It's like, you are, <laughs> it's like kind of have no, to be. That's the same group that I have my worthiness issue with at times. I'm like, should I be on this team? Do they actually love me? Do they just put up with me? <laughs> you know, like all of those things. And once the good thing though, that I love about this is number one, we're fucking talking about it. Like, I don't mm -hmm. think uh, any year before this year, I heard many people talking about this. So it's nice to know that like, Hey, we're not super special here. Like we're not the only ones. Um, but number two, we actually have the awareness of that now. And reflecting back into my like biggest struggle years, like 2019 was truly the worst year of my life. It was so challenging and I'm so grateful for it because absolutely everything in my life changed because of how hard it was. Yep. But reflecting on that year, I now see where so much of my pain came from was feeling everything that we're talking about and not being aware of it like not understanding that that's where it stemmed from. So now we have this awareness. And like you said, you're in the part of the spiral where it's like, okay, I'm aware, not quite sure how to overcome it yet, but yeah. at least I'm aware of it. And I'm kind of there with you. So that's, I get it. that's, that's what I'm, that's where it's a big key to healing. Or it's a big key to like, understanding things because a lot of people don't understand where their anxiety and fear and like stress is truly yeah. from and that's where i've always and like i hate repeating myself because i think i've repeated myself on this topic like eight times on this podcast and eight different episodes but i'm just like building awareness for athletes is like that's like the key right because if yeah. you're able to build that awareness you may not know how to how to right you may need guidance for how to like heal that yeah. Right? And, and to be able to deal with it, like you may need a therapist or you may need something to kind of deal with it. But when sure. you, when you start to build that awareness, like mm -hmm. you understand where it's coming from. So it starts to yeah. cause, like, it kind of gives you a different emotion when it comes down to it. Like it's based upon the same, the same like neurotransmitter structure of things. Like it's both excitatory, like anxiety and being excited, but, but like, you take a very different view to it when you start to kind of look at it, right? Because it goes from a view of you get through that spiral and you're aware of things and you're like, oh shit, how do I figure this out? And then you get like, you get like a good guide or someone that can help you and you get to be like excited because you get like, you start those initial steps to actually like figuring it out and digging a little bit deeper. And you're like, okay, there is hope to actually understanding this even more. And yes. And then you understand why you're actually being triggered. 
I think yes. most people don't understand why they're yes. being triggered in the first place. And they're mm -hmm. like, that's what they think is just normal, right? Because it's like, most of the times it's that it's like yes. the nine to five, it's doing the things like the societal way, yes. or it's holding exactly. up to societal expectations that, that actually trigger a lot of people. And it's, yeah. and so they're like, where does it come from? And you see people's like stressor off the charts somewhere and mm -hmm. it's finding that out, but it takes really being open and, yeah. and being real with yourself. I think that's also like the big thing, right? Is most people know where it's from. They're just not willing to like put it on a piece of paper or like write it out. Like this is something that I told that, uh, Leah told me, um, it's like your journal or when you write, that's like a sanctuary of mm -hmm. like no judgment. Cause I think yeah. if people, if people that's write something, if they write something or say something, they think it's going to come out and they're, they're open to judgment from others. Whereas if you're yep. trying to heal and you do that and you have like the right person, like helping you first off, they're supposed to be non-judgmental towards what you're doing. They're going to call you out on things, but they're non-judgmental on why you're feeling a certain way. Cause I think most people are like, why are you, why are you anxious or, or why are you stressed? Um, and such rather than why are you like, instead of being like, okay, let's just dig deeper and we're going to get through this. And yeah, that I think, is. yeah, you made oh, you made so many good points in there that I wanted to highlight. Um, a big one was around the judgment factor, because when you were talking about awareness earlier, what my brain went to was when you don't have the awareness of why you are feeling the way that you're feeling there is so much more room for judgment and shame of yourself because you don't know what it is. So you're sitting there like, what's yep. wrong with me, right? And that is inherently itself judgment of yourself. And like you said, when it comes to journaling and that being like your sanctuary, that's where you can be real with yourself and have no fear that anybody else is going to judge you for it. But I think another area that a lot of people really struggle in is simply the judgment of themselves right? Like, not only are they fearful that other people are going to judge them, but you have to be honest with yourself, like you said, before you can be honest with anybody else. When you admit truth to somebody else, you can't do that until you've admitted that truth to yourself. And that's a really, really hard part. But just like we were saying before, this is also a huge process. Like, to get to the point of awareness is a process right mm -hmm. so um i was i was just talking about this with an athlete too and i actually hope she listens to this um but she was saying she was like i'm starting to like see the good in life like my views on life are changing and i was like have you noticed that as your perception of yourself has been shifting your perception of your outside world has been shifting and she was like holy <laughs> shit <laughs> and i was like yeah girl um but the other important thing with that is because it's such a process this comes full circle into us saying like kill the timelines kill the time frames too because that's only holding you back here if you 
if you're putting this pressure on yourself to reach seven figures within two years, but in the third year you would have, do you not want it anymore? Like that doesn't yeah. make sense, right? So work blindly and endlessly with no end frame in mind to get where you want to be and you're going to get there. Same thing with like any internal work or healing. I mean, I was impatient as hell, especially when it first started and you know, I was going through it and I was like, oh my God, how long is this gonna last? Fast forward four years into it. Now I'm just like, oh, it's forever. Okay. Yeah. Like, cool, and you're excited forever. and you're excited to go into it. Like you're not yeah. anxious anymore, but like you get a little bit of anxiety because you're like, F yeah, I gotta do this again. But then you're like, but then you're also excited because you know exactly how to kind of handle it better and better and better each time. Um, well, and you build more trust, right? You build yeah. more trust in yourself. You build more trust in whatever you believe in. If you have a higher power, the universe, like whatever mm -hmm. it is, you build more trust in that as well. And you start to see just in life in general that like, yeah, you're going to be okay. And every time you overcome something, you reinforce that in yourself. So it, it does get a little bit easier. And it's really, it's really funny because I had an athlete, I had an athlete she's probably gonna listen to this because she listens to every single episode. Um, we love those athletes. She's like, she's, she's like, it's so impressive how well you get me. And I'm like, yeah, I'm a, I'm a person. I'm like, I'm really good at understanding people. Like people don't realize one thing I kind of wanted to get this out and I was going to put it on one of my Q and A's on one of my Q and A answers. Like I went to school to learn intelligence analytics. Like I had to learn people and how to like read deception and counter deception. Like I got real nerdy with it when it comes down to reading people and how they speak and how they say things. And I'm like, that skill translates over into communication with, with coaching oh, yeah. and, and people don't understand that, that that's the level of like analysis that I go with, with my athletes, because it's just like, that's how I was taught in terms yeah. of things. Um, and figuring out like problems and such. And they're like, you just get me. And I'm like, cause I know, I know what's needed. I'm like, I'm just very, I'm very good at keeping things, not saying, not saying enough, but just saying, like not saying too much, just saying enough to get you what yeah. you need. Because if you do I that, that, they're just like, she was just mind blown by that statement. She's just like, I just don't understand how you get me. And I'm like, it's because it's because I'm it's because I've done this. Like, it's hard. It's just because I've done this all my life yes. that I get people and I understand. Yes. And and that's what that's what really I, comes about, too, yeah. because because I've done my own healing. Right. So I know what it takes, especially mm -hmm. when you get to those functional health realms and people yep. want to talk about it. And it's just like the, the body goes where the or the mind, the body goes where the mind follows or the body follows where the, the mind goes follows the mind yeah the body follows the mind exactly um and it's just like and it, and it couldn't be more true right because when you're when you get someone there and you get someone's mind right it and it automatically switches to their body start to function like everything and it's that process of getting them to like just let go and let go of the expectation of the timeline because that's what she brought up too as well. And she's like, I'm just kind of sick of this, of like always being like in a gut product, like unhealthy, like 
always doing that. And I'm like, yeah, I feel for you. I'm like, I do. But it's because you're not letting go of something that needs to be let go of. And your body's not feeling safe enough to let go of it. So I'm like, so like yeah. the one thing that I told her was, I trust you to make the choices Hell that yeah. you need to make. Right? Like, I was like, let's stop tracking. I trust you to make the choices that you need to make. And let's just figure it out along the way. And so yeah, it's and like, you know your body, you know what you need. Like, like, trust yourself when it comes down to it. Yes. Because yes. the biggest thing is most people don't trust themselves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's, all, that's so, so true. That's great advice to give her and, like, just great uh, reassurance to give her that you do trust her. Because, like you said, like, she is sick of being in this time frame, but that might be the piece that she that's holding her back, right? That mm -hmm. might be the hyperfixation on the fact that she is con constantly telling herself, I'm sick of being here, or I'm always in a gut phase. I always have bloating. I am always this and that. And that is one thing that I am really, really passionate about is be so careful of the words that you tell yourself about yourself because I was the girl who was like, I am always anxious. Like I identified with being an anxious person. It was a running joke in like my friend group. Like they'd be like, oh, Brit, anxious, like shocker. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> it was bad. And funny as those jokes were, like, it's not funny. That became no. a part of my identity, made it even harder to let go of. Right. So, oh yeah, that's she's gonna overcome that i'm excited for you guys but that's a that's a good one well that's what it is right like coaching and this is where like i'm actually about to post this up tonight in like literally like 20 minutes um but it's like the way the method that i coach is not a method of direction it is but it isn't right like it's a method of understanding and I think that that's a weirdly misunderstood one, especially in the industry. And yep. it's because so many are used to direction and dictation and given that power yes. of direction and dictation based upon the coach yeah, and not actually given a sense of understanding. And yeah. that's why I like working with a lot of like the younger crowd because they're so misunderstood in terms of things. Mm -hmm. because they don't know yeah. what they want or they don't know. Yeah. They don't know how to go in a certain direction. So it's like understanding yeah. them and having someone who understands yeah. them brings them confidence and brings them like yeah. the ability to help themselves get better. Like that, those are some, that's I love like that. the part of my coaching. Yeah. I love that so much. Um, <laughs> because I like that you're getting to people when they are younger before they've had too much like dictation in their life because that is so transformative for them. I mean, you're teaching them how to think for themselves, how to trust themselves, how to make decisions for themselves. And that's so important. And I love that so much because I am the exact same way, but for the group of people who have already been dictated too much. Right. Yep. <clears throat> like I love working with 
ex-athletes, collegiate athletes, bodybuilders, any kind of competitive athlete because they've had so much structure, so much dictation, and so much of their life told to them of how to live it. And for the first time ever, when they're working with me, it's different, right? Like, yes, I'm a coach. Yes, I'm giving them protocols. I'm giving them instruction in a way. But like you said, there's there's a complete difference when it's more from an understanding standpoint. Yeah. Now I won't say now people are going to, people are going to be like, Oh, so you're kind of giving with things. I'm like, no, (laughs) I'm like, I'm usually not. I'm like, that doesn't mean I'm always giving in terms of, in terms of, I put my foot down when I need to put my foot down, but I know when to push it. Yeah. I was like, don't, don't Don't come on my team. If you want to be like handheld and guide it. I'm like, I just know when it comes down to, it depends on what your goal is. If your goal is bodybuilding, you're going to get dictated more. It's just, it's just a name of the game. It's because the, that, yeah. it's, it's understanding why I'm doing it, even right? It's that, giving them under. Exactly. Whereas, because even well, in more, body, just. Yeah. Sorry. You keep, you keep pausing on me. So I never know when you're about to talk. <laughs> um, it do, it does the no, same thing for me. Like you said, even in bodybuilding. Oh really? We're all yeah. We're like an, we're like we're like an hour, and it's fine at this point. It's 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 okay. I feel like I feel like these things are normal for me at this point. So it's just like, but like for someone who's in functional health, it's learning how to trust their body, yeah. and and that really yeah. comes from the coach needs to be more understanding, and that's where the education is, and it's like that's where everything comes about is a lot of that is just like functional health is a lot of just understanding the person and seeing how they operate. Very true. And even with that though, like there are hard lines, right? Like you do have a hard protocol. Yes. Like understand to trust yourself, but you can't fuck off with your diet, especially functional health realm right so there's a big difference there even even with bodybuilding like you said like there's going to be way more dictation and being like this is what you have to do when you have to do it and there's still a difference there is still a difference there between teaching them how to be that way and how to get where they want to be and like dictating it right and that's That is why coaching is hard as hell when you want to be a great coach or you want to do it in the way that you feel like is the way to coach. It's hard as hell because you have to understand people. You have to give them grace. You have to know when to push, when to pull. You have to know when to have hard conversations. Like You're constantly reading people and trying to help them in the direction that they want to be in, but you actually have no control over it at the end yeah. of the day zero yeah i told that's why that's what you i mean we commented yesterday right to kind of end things off here i make things look simple they are not simple yeah they just they just look that way so it's it's not a it's never an easy job when it comes down to doing what you have to do and interacting with each individual and and seeing how they speak and what words they need and how to do that like that's where I was at that's why that's why when 
I fortunately have a few people that are like couples on my team. And so I work with both of them. And so they see me working with someone else directly. And they're like, he doesn't speak yeah. that way with me. Yeah, that's because you're different. I was like, you're different. And but they're like, but they're like, we're really impressed by the way, or it's like, it they're uh -huh. like, it's extremely impressive for how you actually handle it. Because they're like, I don't know how you handle this stuff. Nor do I nor do I understand like, it's like, extremely rewarding watching you handle someone else. And seeing that because mm -hmm. most people That's only cool. get themselves with those things. But when you coach a couple, each cool. person gets coached a different way. So it's like, mm -hmm. so that's where, that's where it comes in is just like, we make it seem simple mm -hmm. for each person in their own right. Like for a bodybuilder, very, very simple. Let's just say that I will say for bodybuilding, it is, it's, it can be complicated when it comes down to it, but it can be very, very simple <laughs> functional health very complex that I need to make very, very simple. And that's like, that's, yes. that's the hardest part. That's a good way to put that. Yeah, absolutely. So, all right, well, I really enjoyed having you on the show. I know you said you were nervous to come on this and you were, and you were like, am I gonna fuck up here? Um, but you made an hour without doing it. <laughs> so, so like, kudos to you here. Um, in terms uh, of- Well, you're in, a great host. I, I try to be, I try to be, you know, I know how to flow a conversation a little bit. You, um, so, yes. and so last question that I ask you, what is one thing okay, that people okay. can do? What is one thing on people's most noble pursuit that they can do? On people's most noble pursuit which is become the best version of, which is to become the best version of themselves possible. What is one piece of advice that you could give people on that journey? Um, this is something that I just very recently adopted. So it might be bold for me to pick it as my answer because it's so new, but to change the concept of becoming your best self to your favorite self. And that's it. Right. Like if you make decisions based off of does, you know, will this make me my favorite version of myself? Is this in line with my favorite version of myself? Does this goal push me towards my favorite version of myself? I don't think you can really go wrong. Trust your gut, basically. That's yeah. the best way. That's because the best I'm, way to get your favorite for, self. For me, yeah, because when you say, at least for me, and I'm sure some people can relate and some people will not relate at all, but when I say I want to become my best self, it puts, I'm putting even more pressure on myself. And if I am ever not achieving, I feel like I'm not my best self. So it leaves no room for me to heal. It leaves no room for me to mess up. It produces a lot of fear for me. But if I'm working towards my favorite self, oh my gosh, I've got plenty of room to fuck up and overcome it and heal and head in the direction I want to be without the pressure of putting myself in this box of best. Now, easiest question, easiest question of the day. Where can people find you for anything? Instagram. <laughs> uh, the best place. 
Instagram. My name is a little tough to spell, so do them a favor and put it in the notes, but it's my full name, so it's just at Britt Cedarholm. That's the best place to connect with me, ask about coaching, talk about whatever. I post about my animals, my van, so come say hi. I got to cut out. Okay, we're good. So, all right. Well, first off, I want to say thank you for coming on the show. Secondly, if you guys did enjoy this episode of the Noble Pursuit Podcast, Britt and I would kindly, kindly appreciate if you guys tag us on your Instagram story, share this episode out, share it with someone who may need to hear whatever we said. If we said something of value, you know, go support us. Um, go subscribe to the podcast. Most of all, go check out Britt's Instagram um, and as you guys know, the podcast is brought to you by Morphogen Nutrition. You guys can use code SPADA for 10% off all supplementation. No, do not use Brit's code whatsoever. Use my code. Support your boy. <laughs> um, uh, but, um, yeah. So we'll catch you guys on the next episode of the Noble Pursuit Podcast. Thank you. Pow, pow, pow. Thank you. Pow, 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 pow. Okay, it's stopping. Why is it not stopping?